The Sport Industry Access Podcast, episode 124. What skill sets do you need when working in the information technology sector in the sports industry? Welcome to another episode of the Sport Industry Access Podcast. I'm your host, Ed Bowers. As always, my goal each week is to interview a special guest who is a sports expert in a specific field in the sports industry, especially if you have an interest in pursuing a career in the information technology sector within the sports industry itself. I hope today's episode can be useful to you with regards to your interests and needs. Now, getting back to today's show, this week's special guest is Saad Farouk. Saeed is an IT specialist from Egypt with over 20 years of experience in the IT sector. During his career, he's worked with many companies, but one of his roles was IT operations manager and deputy head of IT at Manchester United Football Club. For that reason, it's brilliant to have Saeed as a special guest on the show. That's when today's episode, Saeed will share his sports career journey and explain to you the skill sets you need to work in IT in the sports industry. Side, it's such a privilege to have you on the show. Please, can you share your sports career journey to listeners? When did it all start? At uh, first, I, um, I just would like to thank you first for having me on the show. Uh, greetings to your, all your audience. My career starts in uh, 1998. I was just about you know, graduating and uh, my uh, graduation project was something to do with uh, reservation and booking and ticketing uh, systems. So that's this is where where it all started. Moving moving to the UK over here, I had to go back and uh, start studying again. I've done a lot of um, courses uh, like Microsoft courses and all these uh, kind of technical courses that allows me to work in the UK. My first job in the UK was uh, something to do with e-commerce. Uh, I used to work for a company in Chiswick, small company. Um, I did a lot of work for them, and then I moved away from them to um, to work with one of the biggest international companies in in the world. And um, this the, the the company uh, I used to work for is is uh, Tui Travel. Tui had um, a sport division, which um, I used to work for for them in that sport division. The company basically moved me around, and you know, I had the chance to um, to see World Cups and you know to to go and participate in in Euros. Uh, I've done two Euros, two World Cups, two Olympics. I've been uh, you know participating to um, uh, Wimbledon uh, Lawn Tennis Club um, hospitality programs for five years in a row, done the Asian Games in, in China. I've been around the world, so uh, I couldn't ask for more. Yeah, I was really happy there. Moved away from sport for a little bit, for a period of time, where I used to work for a company called Al Shaya, in, um, in, that's in, in Kuwait. Basically looking after eight countries as a regional IT manager. 
it was a good opportunity for me to move into the managerial kind of uh, role. Um, I had um, a lot of uh, people, for, yeah, 42 people around the eight countries. Um, my team was big. I couldn't have that in the UK. So after a period of time, we came back to the UK, did a, a small project for um, an e-commerce company, and then Manchester United came along. They basically, uh, they called me, obviously their headhunters um, called me. They said, you're around, you're living in the, in the north now. We would like to have you on board. I went and did um, my interview. They were very happy with me. My second interview was four hours interview. They absolutely grilled me. Left, right and center questions. Um, I've met about four or five different people in the same day. And after two weeks, the, the call came along and said, Said, welcome aboard. We would like to have you with us. I was really happy. Yeah. And that's where my uh, my career started to take a, a completely different turn. After Manchester United, I moved away to be uh, a consultant. And the last thing I've done was a consultancy for a company in Japan about the uh, Tokyo Olympics 2020. So that's basically... Uh, my career in a, in a very uh, nutshell, I would say. I find this really interesting, but unfortunately I have to go back in time, side, if you don't mind. With regards to your career, can you remember that defining moment when you went, right, I want to work in the sports industry? Where, where you acknowledged that there was an industry that's growing back in 1998? Well, at that moment of time, um, I was already inspired by sports. Um, I've always been inspired by sport. I, I, I did start my uh, my sport when I was 12. Uh, you know, a kid 12 years old, seeing all those big guys and, you know, legends uh, walking around you, um, very famous people. I thought, I want to be like them one day. And um, even if I didn't manage it, I was not good enough for the football team, actually good enough for the athletic team. So they take me on and, uh, and I, you know, I ran for my country. I ran for my, uh, I was running uh, as a professional runner until I, um, yeah, until I was 20. Um, and then obviously running doesn't have much money in, it, in, in the Middle East. So uh, I had to um, uh, move away and do, and do some, some studying in order to get my, my career back on track. But I've always wanted to go back to sport. Sport for me is, is an environment that I'm very comforting and uh, I feel like um, I could flourish and, and do whatever I can do and maybe stretch myself and do more if I'm in an environment that actually appreciates what I do. So that's basically the, you know, the inspiration. Just from an academic perspective, looking back now, how's your qualification supported you from your really interesting career out of interest? Well, qualifications, to be honest with you, uh, not a lot of people look into your, your certificates. However, the, what you do, actually, you have to go back to, go to the basics. I mean, you have to get the basics first in order to build up over the, over the experience that you've got. I mean, sometimes I go into courses and I feel like I do that every day. I'm not actually, you know, learning something new. However, I'm learning the, the official names of what I do. That's what, you know, certificates do for you. I have 28 certificates in, in IT over the years, but I've never stopped developing. I've never, you know, kind of like uh, sit back and say, okay, um, I've done enough. I'm just going to relax now and, and I just want to just go to work and, and pay my bills. Uh, that doesn't do anything for me. 
that's not my my kind of um you know motivation i think you just highlighted a really important point that if you want to work in the sports industry you have to keep developing on yourself just relating to sports a bigger picture now how have you seen the sports industry develop from an it perspective it developed massively over the last 10 10 15 years i mean what people doesn't doesn't see or maybe don't realize is that it in sports or the IT people in sport, they get exposed to so many uh, technologies. Not like, you know, at, you know, when you sit in a company, if, if you work in a, in a stock exchange, for example, you might be, you know, exposed to, you know, the, you know, finance kind of applications and then the normal offer back office applications. However, in a sport, you get exposed to so many things uh, that is much bigger than what actually what people think. I mean, I have a model that I work on. I call it three by four, and the, uh, I will just explain that what what three four or three by four is. Every Premier League Premier League uh, club or maybe a sports organization, they have some kind of four pillars of technologies that they work on. Okay, so the first pillar is is basically the uh, retail e-boss systems, you know, some, um, you know, the e-commerce, all this kind of stuff. Okay. And uh, retail come behind it, the merchandising, the uh, applications, the warehouse applications, the uh, logistic applications or for the deliveries, etc., etc. So that's one pillar. The second one is media. Okay. Where you have TV, TV channel, you have um, internet site. Um, and you have uh, maybe a magazine, okay? So all these kind of requirements is completely different requirements, and not a lot of people get exposed to this. Uh, the third one is the normal back office kind of stuff. I mean, the, the normal, you know, day-to-day business like email systems, finance, HR, etc., etc. And the fourth pillar is basically the sport one, and the sport one include also the um, the stadium systems. Okay, so that these are the four pillars of what the the sport organization looks like. Yeah, there are three layers in IT that work on those four pillars. Okay, those three layers are the infrastructure of IT, the applications or the business applications, and then the data. Okay, which where where we deliver everything out of our leverage, everything out of the all those applications, all those pillars and, and that infrastructure and put it all together into a data model where we can look into it, do the analysis, get the sports the sport science to look into it, get the data science looking into it and predict how or where is the growth and what is possible to do and therefore, you have some kind of headlights for your strategies in the sports organization. That's basically what, what sports organization looks like from IT perspective. But if you look at how many technologies we get exposed to, it's absolutely massive. Absolutely. Just relating to that fourth pillar, if you don't mind, because I find this really interesting. Have you seen it have an impact from a performance standpoint as a it's a stick to a football club if this is okay, but have you seen it have an impact to a football club in general with regards to their performance on the pitch and off the pitch as an organisation? It's quite difficult to say on the pitch uh, because that's basically, you know, it, it's something to do with the uh, the manager and the players and how they do and, and their, their trainings. 
However, the data we provide to them is absolutely vital. Okay, because you know they, uh, some of the uh, some of the managers they are very academic. They would look at the data, and you would decide maybe oh I I don't need to play that player uh, next match, or I can change it. You know I can basically make a note that you know after sixty minutes I need to change that player because he's not going to give me any more. His performance will drop or something like that. You know these these kind of things are are quite important. However, not every manager, um, you know, take take this data and do something with it. Some managers have some kind of uh, a block note in their hands, and some managers are all techy and have like iPads and um, all those gizmos around them. And um, some others, they just don't have anything. They just kind of log everything in their brain. So it depends on on the, on the managers that you work with. That's on the pitch. Outside of the off the pitch, um, we obviously that's you know once you have data and you have the analysis for it and you understand your data and leverage what kind of decisions that you can make. These are all kind of you know things that helps you take the right decisions at the right time. Um, so without data, you wouldn't be able to take an informed decision. You don't have any kind of confidence or in your decisions. How can you? I mean, if you, I'll tell you what. If you, if your dashboard in your car telling you that you're short of fuel, obviously that will influence your decision to stop at the first um, kind of uh, fuel station. Do, do you? So you know, data is power, and that's what that's what we provide to uh, to people in, in sports organizations. Look, so I find this really interesting. It sort of really relates to today's main podcast topic from a career perspective now. What skill sets do you need to work in IT in the sports industry? To be honest with you, I don't see a very special set of skills uh, from IT as a technical IT perspective. The skills that you need is soft skills. is basically your ability to, to work with different people, different backgrounds. You have that kind of agile attitude. Um, you know, you make relationships really very quickly. Um, you help others. You have this kind of diversity, um, uh, you know, attitude, the can-do attitude. That's what you, yeah, that's what you actually need because sport kind of um, society is completely different than business society. You see, that's the difference. Those those guys are very competitive. Some of them have egos. Some of some of them have, doesn't have egos. Some of them very down to earth. Yeah. So you know it's that kind of mental capacity to accept people and accept the way they deal and the 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 flexibility to change the way you deal with different people at different times. And that's basically the the you know it's a very hard skill to master for IT people, by the way, because IT people always looking at you know dealing with machines, and you could have the the best technical person that you can get, but he's very bad with people. <laughs> you see what I mean? Absolutely. I can totally get what you're saying because the reason why I say that question is I've had a few students come my way going, Ed, how do I work at football clubs? And I want to go back to your first response when you did that interview with uh, Manchester United. Would you mind providing insight and also reflection of that experience in general, if that was okay, if that's possible? 
Um, it is uh, it is possible with limitation, obviously, because I'm still under NDA. Of course. I mean, from an interview perspective, because if people want to apply themselves, that's why I'm more interested. It's more the interview process of what you learned from that experience. It was very good experience. I have to say their interview process was really good. It was really, really good. That that was perfect. I mean, the the guys, the the way they they provide the atmosphere, the way they put together, the you know present the club, the way they talk about the brand, the way the the if you work for Manchester United, you have to be in a completely different caliber than other people because this is the United way. Okay, it's you 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 put that brand in your chest on your lanyard. Okay, and you completely feel like you're completely transformed. You're a totally different person. I mean, that lanyard gives you something else. I mean, I'm not a, a Man U fan to be honest. I'm an Arsenal fan, by the way, and my boss used to know that I'm an Arsenal fan. But it was good for me because on a match day, I'm not distracted. <laughs> I do my job. <laughs> so the HR guys were really good. They obviously welcomed me. I went there. I registered myself. I sat down. Five minutes, they came over, guided me around to the uh, meeting the, the meeting room. By the way, the meeting room was looking, overlooking the pitch as well in the stadium. So it was a mind-blowing experience for me. I was like, guys, if you want me to work for you for free, I'm more than happy to. That's not a problem. I mean, <laughs> okay, so, um, yeah. I mean, the way that, you know, but after some time, you kind of get used to it. I mean, it takes me about three to four months just to get my head around that I'm actually walking to my office into in Old Trafford every day, okay? And, you know, the Sir Matt Paspi is actually looking down at me and, you know, walking into the, you know, the theater of dreams. Um, and I call it office. And I, I, I can't tell you how many pictures I've taken of Old Trafford from outside, from the car park, just because, you know, the, and kind of like, you know, I'm just taking the picture and I'm looking around so no one see me. <laughs> but it was, yeah, it was that kind of experience. But after some time, it, that kind of, of, of flair fade away. Okay, And you kind of focus on your job. You just walk in, you focus on what you do, and you do what you need to do to the best of your abilities, and you walk home quite satisfied. So I really appreciate that because the reason why I say this, first time I'm a Manchester United fan, so I had to sort of ask, but also I wanted the listeners to get an insight of the truth when you're in that sort of environment from an employment standpoint. And I really do appreciate that response. Out of interest, what have you been up to recently? Um, the, the last uh, few things I've done is uh, different consultancy and contracting um, around I mean, right now I do a head of IT for one of the travel businesses. Uh, from time to time, I do my consultancy to different clubs, different uh, organizations around the world as well. Now, just on a personal note, side, out of interest, what have you enjoyed the most from your career looking back right now? I've enjoyed working with people that are really, really big, famous people that people think they are arrogant or they have some kind of egos, but... Uh, you know, to be honest, they are all human and they're all very down to earth. I mean, you know, don't take the persona that people, you know, show you on TV. I mean, there are there are players, big, big, big players 
that if I'm walking in a corridor, you would just hold the door for me. And I would say, thank you. And you would say, thank you. And, you know, if we if we're walking around and they, they come in my way, hello, hello, how are you? I'm good. Thank you very much. You know, I mean, you can imagine having a conversation with Rooney, for example. Oh, my God. Okay. The first time I saw, I saw him, my heart started beat like 100, 100 million beats an hour. But, you know, the, the second time I saw him, he actually, you know, the, he was um, scored the, the, uh, the highest uh, or become the highest scorer in, in Manchester United um, kind of history. And I said, congratulations. And he said, oh, yeah, thank you very much, mate. That is awesome. It's really good. And uh, he said, yeah, yeah, enjoy it, mate. That's, that was really great. And you kind of not, have no kind of normal conversation. Those people are people. They are human. They are not, you know, um, some kind of, um, you know, egos walking around. It's just people see them like that, but they're actually not. They're just human. So I think you just highlighted a really, really important point about the sports industry, about at the end of the day, it's people working with people. It doesn't matter if they're athletes or people behind the scenes supporting those athletes. And I feel like we're at a great stage of the interview where I'd like to finish with an inspirational question. What advice would you give to university students who want to work in the sports industry? I would say do not ever stop developing yourself. I mean, the day that you get out of university is basically the start of your studying career. You know, what you study in university, you're probably not going to see it on the real life. I have never stopped and I will not stop uh, studying or developing myself. Uh, you always have to develop. You always have to work on yourself, even though that if you're, if you're traveling around, have, have your books on Audible, for example. If you're, um, if you're driving, um, you can listen to your box. If you're going in the tube, you can have your book in your hand. Always have something to read about your career. I, I finished six courses of, or maybe the, the full route of, of Microsoft courses in the tube. Yeah, I mean, for 45 minutes, I've got the book. I'm reading until I arrive at my station. And that's basically altogether make an hour and a half every day that I'm reading, studying on my career, working on myself. Okay. And over, over the months, you're talking about 30 hours, 40 hours, you know, and over the year, you, you know, do that for a year and you will see really, you're going to see how much that helps you in your job. And you will be different. You will always be one kind of step ahead of what the market looks like, of what your colleagues are catching with you. Never stop developing. That's that's basically the key. And that's what gets me to where I am right now. Sai, so, that is absolutely fantastic. I really do hope listeners take that on board. How can people interact with you online? Um, I'm on LinkedIn uh, at Saeed Farouk. I'm on uh, Twitter at Said Farouk as well. Yeah, so I'm more than happy to answer questions to um, to help others and um, good luck to everybody. That is great. To all the listeners listening in, those two links will be on my website relating to this blog post. Said, it's been an absolute pleasure chatting with you today. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Ed, and thank you for having me on the show. What a fascinating career journey from Said. For me, there are so many learning keynotes from this podcast chat. From an IT perspective, without a doubt, what Syed said with regards to the application of IT in sport is huge. And I really do hope you took on board those four pillars 
from a practical sense of how organisations or football clubs apply IT to the organisation. But for me, the biggest learning lesson I've taken from this podcast chat was Syed's experience working at Manchester United and hearing his excitement during our chat about being in that environment is so important for you to understand if you want to work in the football industry and work with a really prestigious football club, if it's Manchester United or if it's Chelsea or Barcelona or Real Madrid. It is human to be excited with regards to when you work in those environments. But it was great to hear that he said, this is what Sai said, he sort of said, look, you know, at the end of the day, I had a job to do. And as much as I enjoyed the excitement and it weared off, but I got a job to do to help this organisation move forward. And it was so refreshing to hear that because if you want to work in the football industry, I hope this podcast chat has provided you the information you need when applying yourself to different football clubs and what is required from you with regards to how you add value to that organisation. So look, I hope you enjoyed this podcast chat as much as I did and really take on board what Syed said about really get behind your own self-development with regards to your career adventure in the sports industry. Now, as always, at the end of each interview, I like to finish with an inspirational quote from my guest speaker. Syed said, don't ever stop developing about yourself. You always have to work on yourself. Even if you're traveling around, have a book in your hand, have an audio book when you're in the car. Always keep learning on different topics about your career. 